Hi everyone, this is Apollonia Rockwell. Um, we have a different type of episode for you. David, um, just, you had an amazing idea of actually interviewing me for the first time. And so that's what we're going to do today. And there's a set of questions and I don't want to look at them because I think probably just freestyle will be the best. So, but yeah, I'm excited. Me too. Um, <laughs> hi everyone, I'm David. Um, I'll be asking the questions. Um, today we're going to be uh, interviewing Apollonia, seeing, this is crazy. Um, getting some context on the boss, on the founder. So yeah, if you want to start there, just kind of the very beginning, um, the, the story that kind of kick-started your safety passion. Okay. As growing up in the oil field, can you shed some light on that stuff. On how it all started. How okay. It all started. So I know that's so crazy not being the interviewer. I want to ask you a bunch of questions. <laughs> but okay. So um, my dad, Brody Hansen, so he worked in the oil and gas industry from the time, I don't know, from at least from what I can remember, I was like three years old. And I didn't know what that meant. I didn't know what oil and gas. And I, I just knew he was gone half my life. Because um, when you work in the oil and gas industry, a lot of the times you work like hitch, hitch schedule. So two weeks on, two weeks off. But also during that time, oil and gas wasn't from my understanding, it wasn't super popular in Colorado, so he would travel a lot. And so it wasn't always two weeks on, two weeks off. He was just gone a lot. That's what I knew. Okay. And so um, what I, my, my first memory, it was my first funeral. So uh, my first memory of this ex type of experience was um, I was in the third grade, and I had a friend, and I lived in Platteville, Colorado. If any of you guys know where that's at, you guys have my, <laughs> you guys have empathy for me. So, um, so I had this friend, Amador, and our dads worked together. His dad was Marty. His dad was named Marty. And so our dads worked together, and they were just the coolest guys ever. Like, I had always awesome. – my dad would always take me fishing. He would – they would be the guys that would come in, you know, when you they did uh, – what is it called – they would chaperone, uh, yeah, yeah. what What are those, where you go out and just take little field trips. See, they would chaperone field trips. Okay. And so they would be the cool dads that would come in that just, from my memory, looking at it now, they just look like rock stars, like cut off t-shirts, mullets, dirty <laughs> jeans, like steel-toed boots, like jeans tucked in the boots like they were just the coolest guys ever and charismatic just the cool dads and what was interesting was we would spend time outside of school you know I would spend time with Marty's family and I'll just never forget this 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 day where my dad sat me down and told me that Marty wasn't coming home Oof. and in the third grade I didn't understand really what he was talking about. And he just said that Marty had died on the job. Wow. And I mean, that that was my first funeral. It was open casket. He was working on a drilling rig here in Colorado. And um, had it was a fall from heights, so we fell. And Oof. it was just this experience. It, it's one of my earliest memories, just vividly remembering the funeral, the emotions, uh, Amador and his mom, like just his mom and his sisters at that funeral. Um, 
it's just crystal clear to me. It's just something that I remember. And so, yes, that day, but then life goes on, right? And so it's what, it's the aftermath. It's it's not so much the incident, but it's the aftermath for the family. Mm. And now Amador, we're in the third grade, we're growing up, we, you know, there's still, there's still field trips, there's still birthdays, there's significant um, milestones that your dad isn't there for. And I'll just, as life goes on year after year after year, you know, we're in middle school now and high school, and it's like, Marty's still not here because of something that happened at work. Mm -hmm. And that had always stuck with me, and that's when I knew not much about, I knew I'm going to be a safety person. That's not. It was, I knew that my dad could go to work and not come home. Mm -hmm. Like, my dad... I just, I wanted his time. Like, I wanted his attention. He was gone a lot. I wanted to be a part of something that was important to him, and that was work. And he loved work. Like, there was no ever, in my house, there was never any complaints about work from my mom, dad. I mean, they just embraced, now looking at it, like, the hustle and extreme Mm. work ethic. I feel that I'm so blessed um, my dad and I didn't really get along. I mean, even though he was gone a lot, it was hard because mm. when, once he was here, you know, he's trying to be the boss of me and I'm like, what? <laughs> so, I mean, it's not like we just had this perfect relationship either, but I mean, I just wanted to be a part of something that was important to him. So then fast forwarding to, uh, high school and college as, or actually as soon as I graduated high school, I started, um, like actually it was right yeah it was in high maybe my senior year in high school started interviewing for jobs in the oil and gas industry okay. um, that were local and I ended up getting a job I'm going to school simultaneously and working Dang. and I work I land a job at CNH excavation my first boss was Cliff Simpson okay. and if you know Cliff Simpson <laughs> oh my gosh share this with him no I love him but he was um my first oil and gas, like my, and I had worked in high school, but this was my first big girl job. I'm working for an oil and gas company. We had a roustabout uh, division, trucking division, a tank, um, like a tank setup division. It was a separate entity that got sold, MWS tanks. But okay. so I go, I I go to this company. I interview. They're looking for somebody that's in safety. Cliff's, Cliff hires me, gives me the opportunity, and I sit down with Cliff and he's like this big guy like he's like this big typical just like just just intimidating guy and I'm like but he's a teddy bear but I'm like okay so what am I supposed to be doing I think I'm like week two I'm safety I'm brand new I knew that I wanted to be a part of something that again that my dad had always it was a big part of his life so I wanted to be an oil and gas too and I want to be in safety. And uh, I'm like, okay, Cliff, like, what am I supposed to be doing? And I'll never forget. He's like, he leaned over on the table and he was like, Apollonia, figure it the fuck out. <laughs> and I was like, what? And I'm like in tears. I'm like, okay, like I'm not in the meeting, but I go to my mom and I'm like, mom, I don't know if this is the right choice. And she's like, you better figure it out and you better like stick it out. And, and I'm like, okay, okay, okay. And uh, yeah, I mean, and he had had those 
conversations with me. I mean, I'm like months in. It didn't click with me right away. Months in, I'm like, how am I doing? And I, same situation. He's like, you are a fucking babysitting job. Like, it, you need to do more, be more, you know, like just... He was the best boss I've ever had. Like, he just pushed me, and um, I'm just so grateful for him. I still, you know, yes, I still work with Cliff, but um, (laughs) he was tough on me. But what I realized and what I knew before getting into safety was I knew that it's important. Oil and gas was important to my dad. I want to be in that industry. But I knew at that time that safety, my dad, like he thought safety was a joke, mm. you know, old school oil field mentality. He's, you know, he was a company man for, I don't know, 15 years on the drilling side, worked on a drilling rig his whole life, mm. dropped out of high school when he was 17, worked on a rig. Um, and so, so safety to him, I'm like, dad, what's safety about? I'm like, is it true? You could, you know, what are the big, biggest hazards on a drilling rig? And it was just like, you have these safety assholes come out that <laughs> pretend that they know what they they're looking at or they're looking at their OSHA book and it doesn't it doesn't line up with reality and that's also something think about it talking about it out loud that's something Cliff really believed in too was that mm. like he knew that safety was important same as my dad but they just had this perception that safety was just this outside division. We hate them. Safety sucks. And Cliff would always tell me, I need it to be practical, Apollonia. Mm. I get that you're going to school for occupational health and safety, and that's okay, awesome. Yeah, so I ended up getting my bachelor's in occupational health and safety. I'm doing that full-time, working for Cliff full-time. Oof, um, busy. Yeah, it was crazy. But, um, and actually, it was my first semester I was in Black Hill State University. Okay. My husband, now we were dating, but Jordan Rockwell, he uh, played basketball up there. So when we came back, first sem- my first semester, he was already in college, is when I started working with Cliff. But, okay. anyways, so uh, he was always ingraining in me that safety needs to be practical and you need to figure out what that is Apollonia Mm. and I'm like okay okay so everyone hates safety (laughs) it's needed people are dying on the job my dad have not just Marty I mean he's had other friends that have had significant injuries you know losing a hand losing Mm. a finger um being ran out I mean that that I mean those situations those are fatalities but so I mean there there have been risks and I'm like my dad works in this industry I want to protect him. Right. I want to protect the people that he's working with. I want I want to be a solution. But how do I do that if everyone hates safety? <laughs> yeah. And I would bring this up to my dad and Cliff and people that I'm working with. And so what I realized is then I started interviewing safety people. And at that okay. time, safety people just I'm like, are you as concerned as I am that you know you're hated? And they just had this mentality. They didn't care. Huh. It was I and this is just my truth. I start interviewing safety people and they're like, that was not a concern of them. They didn't have this aha moment that the industry needed to change. Uh. I interviewed trainers that use the same OSHA materials for the last 10 years and they're charging per person or per class and they're charging so much money, you know, in my eyes, I'm like freshman in college, whatever. I'm like, so companies pay all this money Instructors don't really care. Well, no wonder why people hate safety. And then I would attend safety classes. I'm like, oh, my gosh, I see why you all hate safety people. (laughs) They're checked out. They don't care. They're using outdated materials. None of them have ever 
a lot of them at that time just hadn't um, either been on the field or had had field experience. Mm. So I'm like, okay, I have two options. I could go, you know, I I I guess I could go work on a rig or like I I don't have that field experience, but what I can do is I could start talking to the people of the field. I could start mm. talking and building relationships yeah. with the drivers, with the guys in the field, and understanding what it is that they struggle with and not sitting in my office and being a safety person. And so I went to the store. I got my first, like, FR uh, little setup, my <laughs> boots and my uh, little jacket and hoodie and shirt and pants. And so I just spent... The majority of my time in the field mm. and I would just I'd be out there on a rig or I would be out there doing tank setup and teardowns and I would just I would watch and see so like before I'd be at my office and I'd get these slips trips and falls and um Johnny strained his back and all these things well I was like okay I need to go out and see this for myself and see how these things are happening so then I can prevent them but first and foremost get the story of the people Mm. and what I realized is yeah what I realized is these people had the most amazing experiences and backgrounds and children and families. And, um, you know, once they started, I was doing safety meetings with no relationship with anybody, with no understanding of who their fa- who they were mm. and who their family, who their families were. So I, see, I saw the dynamic of me standing in front of a safety meeting, talking to a crowd of strangers versus when I started showing up in the field, understanding who they were as a person, understanding their struggles and then I was really able to then make an impact once I understood them. My safety mm. meetings changed. I got more engagement. And then, long story short, um, a company called me. One of their employees had pretty much um, – how do I say this? That's correct. But um, – he lost some of his fingers. I was going to say, like, he chopped off his hand. It wasn't his entire hand, but mm. a few of his fingers were mangled. Ouch. Yeah, he was, yeah. And so this company reached out, heard I did safety, asked if I could help with this investigation. I took the gentleman to the hospitals, you know, seeing a grown man cry at a hosp- in a hospital. We're, we're at the emergency room, seeing how much pain he was yeah. in. He was from out of state. Seeing the pain in him when the <clears throat> doctor is removing his glove not knowing if his fingers were going to be attached with him or the glove. I mean, it was just such a brutal experience. (laughs) But, I mean, I'm like, this is crazy. So, of course, that company that I helped with, they wanted me to do the – they wanted me to hire – they wanted to hire me. And I said, no, I'm super loyal to Cliff. And Cliff just allowed me to – pretty much start my own business at that time and start consulting for other companies Mm. Um, on my off time during the weekends. I started teaching classes on the weekends and after hours, things like that. Cliff allowed me to hire my replacement at CNH. He knew I had a bigger purpose to serve other companies and that's that's how true safety began. Wow. Yeah. That was That's such awesome. a long... I swear to you, the other questions will not be that long, but I wanted to give context of of how true safety was born. I just... I knew it was about the people, and I knew that 
it had it was being done the wrong way, especially mm. with training. Training needed to be engaged. I'm like, how do I get someone like my dad, the hardest critic, or Cliff? <laughs> I had the two toughest critics of safety. And I'm like, okay, anything I'm going to bring to the table, if it's a new program with safety or a class or something, it needed to be cool enough and engaging enough, relevant enough, and impactful enough for these two guys. And that's how I started shifting my mindset of engaging classes, field scenarios and safety meetings, getting their input. I'm not the expert. I haven't worked on a rig before. I'm not, I haven't, I hadn't worked on the tanker. I haven't, you know, driven a truck like a lot of the gentlemen. I needed to let them be the experts and them share their stories during training. And it was just a different way. I started teaching classes and, my classes on the weekends started, I mean, I was, I was like 25, 50 people, 100 people every weekend, and that was in Alt, Colorado, and then moved the office to Greeley once we outgrew that, and then from Greeley, now we're moving offices again and building our own playground training facility uh, dream place, so yeah. Sweet. Yeah. So wow, that's, that's crazy. That's kind of the backstory, and all the other questions I'm sure will kind of be in line with that. But yeah. So, how long has True Safety been officially True Safety? How long has that company existed? Four years. Okay. Four, almost five. Four, almost five years. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. I've because never it, heard that that backstory before. So yeah. That's, that's really interesting. Yeah, and it. Say four to five years because I was at CNH simultaneously for you know a few, the beginning years. So yeah, it was around it's around that time. It's crazy. All right. <laughs> um, well, you that was like the next section. So you <laughs> went there before I could ask, which is awesome. Yeah. Um, okay. So let me just look. Um, I was gonna ask then. So from working for somebody else, working in the for a, an existing oil and gas company to yeah. starting your own thing. Yeah. Um, I guess. Maybe backing up a little bit. When I first came here, it was obvious that like you know, the entrepreneur side of Apollonia and the start your own thing, and uh, and then combined with what you just said, um, you know, seeing the way safety had been for years, yeah, how, like and how much of a problem, and like it's a really deep issue, and yeah. so like those two things. Um, why, like, can you talk a little bit about the entrepreneur side, starting your own business? Like, yeah. how did that get started? Yeah, yeah. So when that company had reached out, um, I I wasn't fearful. You know, I wasn't fearful of taking that leap, if maybe that's what, you know, you were going with that, yeah. is I just... I just knew it was just so clear to me that so many companies had the same problem that um, they either had a non-existent safety program and they needed somebody to tell them what that looked like, but or they did have a safety program, but it wasn't effective. And by mm. that time that that company had reached out to me with the employee with his hands mangled, um, I had ta- I had had the experience at that time already. I kind of jumped through that. I, didn't, I had experienced building a safety program for CNH. 
we had built systems and processes and programs and one of Cliff's companies had sold. So, I mean, I just had had this experience mm. of building something solid that produced results. And so I had became, looking back at it, a specialist in safety. And I just, I, I had built something and that's what companies were coming to me looking for. Mm. And so it wasn't, I was brand new in safety year one. Somebody calls me and they're like, can you do this for me? It's like, this was my passion. Like I knew there was a problem and, and it's not like I was this specialist and I was this know-it-all or anything like that. I'm learning every single day, but I just, once I had a program and a system that worked, I was able to replicate that and customize it for every single company that came to me. But of course, I started managing the safety, this comp- the safety for this company that you know the employee had um, had a significant injury, and then going working through that with that company, and then building their safety program, and then boom, 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 other companies are like, we need help, and mm. so. I was really passionate at that time, helping the little guy, helping the little company um, build something that was effective, not just safety that got you in compliance, but safety that actually impacted the beliefs of people. Mm. And so um, I think a lot of people, like, you know, my little siblings, like my brother is I could tell he wants to start something and do something and has this kind of an entrepreneurial bug. And um, I spoke at my sister's school, like um, like the senior class or at that time the junior class about entrepreneurship and just kind of the roadmap. And I think I broke it down really simple was the advice that I gave to the kids was go out there and have amazing, incredible work ethic. Like have – like go all out and taste different things too. You know, I was fortunate to find something I was passionate about right away. Um, but t- so taste a lot of different things, um, different industries. Find what you're passionate about. But like, but go all in on that thing. Right. Cliff wouldn't have given. He wouldn't have kept me employed if I didn't put in the extra. I mean, I was obsessed with the industry with what I did and bettering myself. Mm. And so like, I just, you know, I invested in myself taking classes online, doing seminars, getting my degree, all these things. So that's the roadmap I gave you was become an expert in a space. And then, and then from there I was able to help other companies. So it, again, it started as a side hustle, doing things on the weekends and Mm. evenings, things like that. And then, um, I was just able to, just had the revenue coming in where I was able to hire my first team member and then next and next and next. And now we're we're close to 20 team members now, as you know. And I just feel like that's so, you know, we're like big, but we're so small. I just, you know, we talk about all the goals that we have here. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's kind of my mindset there was just wanting to make an impact on the world it's just always been my mindset not just what can I do here in Colorado how can we how can we take this to another level and impact companies all over the place Mm. and that's why we have online programs now and online OSHA training and I knew that it's always been bigger than me so like what I mean by that is I knew that 
I knew that this was never going to be a one-man show. I never wanted to be the one-man person. I'm not the know-it-all. I'm not the... I'm the best safety person in the world. I knew that I needed to build a team, a team that uh, of guys and girls that have field experience. Since I'm not the person that has had 20 years experience on a drilling rig or five or 10, I knew that the most impactful classes, and just in my mind at that time, were going to be from people that had worked on a rig mm. or had driven a truck or if they're teaching, you know, class defensive driving class. I'm like, okay, if it's if I'm taking a defensive driving class or any if I'm taking a confined space class or a fire prevention class, I want to talk to the expert. Right. That just made sense in my brain. Yeah, why not? So imme- that's the those are the coolest funnest classes is a fire prevention class from a firefighter or yeah. an EMT or Absolutely. a paramedic and they're like this is what happened when somebody <laughs> went down. Like, this is what CPR actually looks like. Right. Not what the book says. Right. But when I'm giving... So, like, that was one of our first hires was an EMT paramedic, firefighter. Okay. Interesting. Yeah, and I was super cool. stoked because I was like, I'm a cool trainer. People love me. <laughs> I'm charismatic. I'm fun. But I just didn't have the ego. Like, I was like... And I still... Um, Matt Fall... I still work with him to to this day, um, but he was the EMT or you know paramedic firefighter, and I saw him shine and share his stories, and they were better than my stories. So I think it's about too when you're building a company, if that's your if that's your goal, you know if that if that's the path that you're wanting to take, is just remembering that to not have an ego if you mm. want to build a business. I mean, this is just my this is just my truth. Not everyone wants to do this, but. I just knew that there were people better than me, and that's who I wanted to surround myself with. Mm. So then Matt had this, you know, EMT background, and people loved him on the safety side too because um, they just liked that type of experience. But then yeah. I brought on people that had oil and gas experience, and I saw the guys grab guys in the field, our customers gravitate towards them because they had been there, done that, knew the lingo, and the trust was there. Mm, um, yeah. Because if we're doing a drilling rig audit, I'm super insightful. I know the OSHA regulations. But I just knew that somebody had that worked on a rig, if we could get them the safety background, and I invested in those people, send them to OSHA training, yeah. give them the safety tools – that would be the that would be a super impactful safety person. That's so that's strong credibility. <laughs> it's strong credibility, yeah. So that's how I started building the team. You know, built the administrative team. I also knew when we were at five or less employees, I knew that marketing was important, and so we hired somebody as you know, to take on marketing and social media, having a social media presence. None of my competitors at that time, I was just the small fry. I was like this young girl and everyone, I don't think people took me serious as far as like outside competitors, Mm. but I was serious and I was serious about growing the team and social media marketing. And, and now we've far surpassed the competition in Colorado. (laughs) You know, there's, you know, still some people that we work with and collaborate with, but, um, but I just knew five years ago that social media was important. And Mm. so we just started getting that brand recognition. None of my competitors use Facebook, Instagram, 
um, LinkedIn as much as we did. And then I think because of that, we just, people knew of us and they loved our classes, our engagement. They love our field experienced team. And that was something that wasn't being done at the time. And um, just having that philosophy of doing safety different, people just love that. And so we went all in. <laughs> and that's where we're at. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, if you're listening and haven't seen our stuff, check out <laughs> safety on social media. A shameless plug for ourselves. Yes, um, awesome videos are made by <laughs> David. These are amazing. They're awesome. Oh, thanks. Um, okay, so now um, future goals. You've got True Safety that's been around for four years. What are you planning to do? What's oh like the God. vision? What's the um, what's the goal? Where where's True Safety headed? You know this gets me so excited. Exactly. <laughs> I know. There's so much. There's so much. I think a lot of people ask, how can we? I get this question a lot of just how can we have these big goals and um, and not get down if we don't accomplish them right away. Mm. And I just don't think like that. You know, I have, we have really big goals. You know, we want to hit 10 million this year. And I know that that for a lot of people, that's like nothing. That's like shrimp. That's like baby, (laughs) baby company. Like, oh, how cute. They want to make 10 million. That's so adorable. Um, But that's just our personal goal. You know, we'll have this podcast we could listen to five years from now and be like, wow, 10 million. That was teeny but um so we want to hit 10 10 million this year and but the big big goal is to going back to a little bit to what i said in the past is to serve companies all around the world we want to dive more into our online osha training we want to expand our course library so we have interactive osha classes but i want to add more interactive classes on that platform um not just in oil and gas but in construction and for the medical field but you know we can't physically teach and serve the amount of people that I want to impact. So I'm like, online is the future. And so we're never going to not teach um, our on-site classes, but I just want to also simultaneously get them online. So that's one huge goal. And then the other one is having an EHS platform. So an environmental health and safety, a safety platform. My goal is that every, and this is the future. I mean, every company is going to have um, a program where they're logging in to see their safety, their safety program. They're going to have a software or a portal where you're logging in. You could see your entire safety program. Cause I know that cause that's a need for me. I'm a safety professional. Like that's what I want for my clients right. is for them to see their HSC manual, their near misses are tracked and trended, their observations or stop works there. It's a tracking system. So this big platform and these are just tools i mean the the online osha training is awesome the ehs software um these are softwares that's the future these are tools but i just even beyond that and beyond all of that is just making an impact on on people and what that personally means for me is i just know since i have family in the oil field i'm invested in the people in the field is safe is just I'm so interested and I'm obsessed with culture and whether that's here the culture at, at true safety or when we get a new client um, and we get clients that have over 400 employees um, 
and we work with small companies that are just brand new startups. But I'm obsessed with culture and I'm obsessed with figuring out because safety to me is a result of good culture. Sure. So safety is to me, it's a belief. There's no safety policy procedure that is going to make someone be safe. Okay, so there's not, you can't throw a book at someone and be like, be safe. Like that makes nothing to somebody. You can have all the policies and procedures and paperwork in the world. But what I'm obsessed with finding out with and will always be obsessed with is just how can we impact the belief of that individual? Mm. Because what's bigger than safety is culture. And how do you create culture? Culture is just simply a common belief system. So when you have a culture, a tribe or whatever, th- those individuals, a good culture, I should say, such a, I, I should say a good culture, they all have the same belief system. They're believing in one thing. And so that's what I'm, I'm interested in that mission. Yeah. You know, the software, the tools, like that's exciting. That's cool. It's a future, but it's how do you move somebody? How do you shift somebody that truly, truly makes somebody think different of, do I take this shortcut or not? Do I put my safety glasses on or not? Do I do the right lockout, tagout procedure here or not? Because my husband works in oil and gas. And, you know, and and so I think of him, too, as somebody that, you know, he's this cool guy. Like, he's, you know, everyone, I don't know. He's like, he's like the man. Like, he's the guy. So I'm like, how... What could the, what could his company do, or what could I do, you know, making an impact, that would truly make, cause him to make that conscious decision to pick the right choice, to make the safer choice when it comes to wearing the proper PPE or using lockout tagout all the way, or, mm-hmm. um, or having a spotter like when you're operating a forklift or bed. like so just those little decisions how do you really make an impact on that person's belief system is I'm obsessed with that hmm. I want to really really impact people and you know the big big goal is obviously to you know to prevent all harm from the workplace nobody deserves to die on the job um, but it's it's more than just death on the job. There's there's significant injuries. I worked with a gentleman that burned forty percent of his body, Oof. and um, and that is so tough. And looking back, I'm with any incident. It's like what could what could the company have done? What could the culture have done? What could the owner have done? What could the owner have done? What could the supervisors, the co-workers, that day, I remember that day like it was yesterday, and I remember getting the call, and I remember the call to his parents, and, you know, talking with that person, and that person said, you know, I, I knew what I was doing was wrong. And that's a lot of the t- that's a lot of the the cases. So that's like ninety nine percent of the time. No matter how significant the injury, um, obviously we're able to really talk with the person. They knew. Mm. There, I first thought, oh my gosh, these people just don't know. They don't know that they're going to be hurt. They don't know that they're putting themselves in this line of this line of fire where they could potentially kill themselves. It's like everyone we talked to said, I was being dumb. I was being stupid. I was just being, 
just being a kid or I was just not even being a kid. I, you know, I was, I was checked out that day or I just, I knew the risk. I had done it so many times that I just didn't think anything would happen. So it's, it is, since that is so common, it's that belief system. And I believe better training the tools that we were, were going to, you know, invent and invest in, they're going to impact that belief system. Um, it'll make it easier, but it's ultimately how do we impact that belief system to not take that risk? Mm. I'm obsessed with it. That's I think awesome. I always will be. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's cool. It's crazy. It's a lot to think of. It's, it's, that's deep. I would do yeah. it deep. On you. <laughs> no, glad you did. Glad you went there. Yeah. Well, cool. Well, um, episode one. Episode, episode one. Episode Thanks one. For sharing your story. Um, yeah. Yeah. So if you're listening to this, there'll be a part two and then probably a part three uh, at some point. Yay. But um, but yeah. Thanks for sharing. Awesome. Yeah. Everyone, thank you for listening. If you have questions, comments, um, message us. This will be on different platforms. So you know how to you know how to find us. So Apollonia Rockwell at all social media. And so you can also go to True Safety Services, um, our website too. But I appreciate it, guys.